Thank you for pressing play on episode 140 of A-Sides. Ronnie James Dio is an artist that's near and dear to me. Got a lot of musical memories tied to listening to Dio, experiencing Dio, and so it was great to have Rizzo on the podcast back in the summer on episode 127, where we dove into the four classic albums of Dio from the 80s. Now in this follow-up on episode 140, Rizzo and I are going to share some of our favorite albums from the later years of the Dio band, such as 1990s Lock Up the Wolves, 1993 Strange Highways, and then 2002's Killing the Dragon. So we kind of skipped around a little bit, but we hit basically our favorite of the later period of the Dio band. So hopefully you enjoy this episode of A-Side. Look, it's rock and roll! And... Cue music! Dio, can you hear me? I am lost and so alone. I'm asking for your guidance. Won't you come down from your throne? I need a tight compadre who will teach me how to rock. My father thinks you're evil, but man, he can suck a cock. Rock is not the devil's work, it's magical and rad. I'll never rock as long as I am stuck here with my dad. I hear you brave young jables, you are hungry for the rock. But to learn the ancient methods, sacred doors you must unlock. Escape your father's clutches in this oppressive neighborhood. On a journey you must go to find the land of In the city of fallen angels, where the ocean meets the sand, you will form a strong alliance and the world's most awesome brand. To find your fame and fortune through the valley you must walk, you will face your inner demons. Now go, my son, and ride! Where are we starting with? What are we doing here? Well, we're talking metal in our sweatpants, and we're going to yep. talk about Ronnie James Dio. Once again, this is the follow-up to what we did back in the summer, and we're yep. doing Lock Up the Wolves first from 1990. They're screaming at you! I think this is a little bit different than the first time in the sense that the first three albums we we talked about were well I guess the we talked about the first four yeah the, were the same lineup so yeah. this these three albums they're all other than Simon Wright on two of the records I think maybe they're all completely different lineups yeah. so it's almost like three different bands yeah, that's what I noticed. Well, at first I wrote down, oh, Lock Up the Wolves is an all-new band. But then I'm like, oh, wait, every single one is basically a new band. Yeah, so. other than I think Simon Wright is on the Lock Up the Wolves, and then he's on Killing the Dragon, I think. So Yeah. Because him and Vinny Apiece seem to, Apice, sorry, they seem to trade in and out in the Dio band. <laughs> yeah, really, they did. <laughs> I think it'll be a little bit different than last time in the sense that there's not a lot of like I said, consistency as far as the, I mean, the producers are different on every one. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Lock Up the Wolves, I have released May 15th, 1990, produced by Tony Platt. I think I just so clicked I don't know on who... him on Wikipedia because I was like, oh, because 
I thought on the last ones or or um, the first four, it was like Ronnie doing yeah. it. And then now there's actually a producer. So I was like, oh, he probably is trying to like, you know, reinvent himself maybe in a way. Yeah, I feel like this was a return to form. There's always going to be keyboards and Dio stuff, but wasn't as big of a amount of keyboards <laughs> as were yeah. on those records uh the records prior the record prior which we 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 talked about that i love that record with craig goldie and it also makes me wonder looking at all the guitar players between these three records and craig goldie craig goldie was there then rowan then i think craig came back then tracy g then craig came back (laughs) then, (laughs) then doug aldrich so it's like what i don't know what craig goldie's deal is you know i know he stated in interviews that he will someday tell why he left the first time. And it's like, what is the big secret? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's like hold, waiting with bated breath to find out why uh, yeah. he left Dio the first time. I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, so so we'll see how that, that plays out in this. But, but yeah, this album for me, complete return to form in the sense that it was just a, a straight up rock record. Yeah. Um, no frills. Is this one you bought like right when it came out and you were like into it from the start? Oh, yeah. I saw the, uh, I can't remember what the single video was now. Maybe it was Wild One, Hey Angel. I can't remember, but I just remember the guitar player. It's Rowan Robertson, I guess. Yeah. I think he was only like 18 years old when he did this record. And the cool thing is, I think he co-wrote every song on this record, which is impressive for an 18-year-old kid, you know? Yeah, I was looking at that because it's kind of interesting. He like like you said he co-wrote every song, but then even though Jimmy Bain isn't in the band anymore, he still has a couple writing credits, and so does Vinny, even though he doesn't play on it. So it's like they must yeah. have left halfway through the sessions or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I did. I you know it'd be interesting to find out what the dynamic was there, but uh, I think at that point Jimmy and Vinny that was kind of when they finally bailed after Viv, after Viv did, you know. So. Yeah, they're like, I think there was something where it said they weren't really, Vinny was the last to leave maybe because he's like, oh, this is a totally different band than when I started. So I'm going to yeah exit. Yeah. And I, I get it. You know, that's part of the issue with this. As, as I listened, I was like, what a shame it is. Well, you know, it's kind of like if you own a business and, you know, I, I own a business and I've wondered sometimes at first when you buy it, you're like, these people just don't care as much as I do. It's like they never will because they're not an owner. Yeah. So there's something to be said about what we were talking about in the first episode about the problems with Vivian being promised that they were going to be made partners. You know, I wonder if that had happened, if they'd would, well, they wouldn't still be a band now, but, but up until Dio passed, would they have all stuck around? Cause they would have had some ownership in it. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, I just think it's weird. Kind of the Aussie Dio those things where it's a bunch of side guys and it kind of sucks because there are those records where you're like, man, I really like that lineup. And then it's gone. You know? it's, yeah, it's really? Like, man, <laughs> what a bummer. Now it's all new dudes. But I think I like this record because Rowan totally at some points on this record sounds like Vivian. It's just complete chaos in yeah. a cool way, which was completely missing with Craig Goldie. So do you kind of feel too like there's any kind of in the guitar playing or something? There's a little bit of maybe Van Halen or something, or is that just because it was of the yeah, time that, and he was young, so probably inspired by? Yeah, it. I think a little bit because there's a lot of tap. There's a lot of tapping 
type things in there. So, but that was the cool thing about him. He was kind of could do the bluesy thing, could do the Vivian thing, also could do the tapping thing. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned, I guess we got sidetracked, but I had asked if you got into, or you were into the album right when it dropped. And then you mentioned, oh, yeah, I think I got Wild it One it was out. the single or the video or something, but that's the first track too, right? Comes in with that swooping and the drums kick in. It's just, here we go. And that riff is just super cool. Drums come slamming, the riff smacks you in the face. And then there's like a breakdown solo in the middle where it's kind of like snare and it's kind of slow and bluesy. It just kicks in and he does that Eddie Van Halen tap. Yeah. It just just takes, the whole song just kind of takes off each step of the way. So, and I think the chorus is super cool. It's just a classic Dio opening record song, you know. Yeah, I wrote down that's basically what you were saying. Every single Dio album, or at least so far, has that one that just kind of like it kicks the door down right when it yeah. starts. After the last time we did this, there are a few friends of mine that, you know, were just like, man, you know, kind of like, I can't believe you like this one. And not, it's just like, you know, these are my opinions. <laughs> just so yeah. everybody out there is listening. You know, we've talked about pineapple on pizza. It's also, I like yeah. my steak rare. You like your steak. Well done. There's no wrong. There's no right. To me, this just felt like this is classic Dio again, you know. Or like another like analogy along those lines is like one of my bosses would say at work, like there's more than one way to kill the fleas or something like there's more. I mean, art is subjective. So it's like, yeah, just because you said this is good. It doesn't mean it's it's like the Bible. I mean, sometimes I think in my head it's the Bible, but I mean, it's not. Yeah. So for me as a fan, I and I like the Craig Goldie stuff, but it just again, it, it felt like the first album again it was like raw yeah and it just had that cool thing and you know simon wright was new he played on some other records and that guy is just always solid but this record i feel like he played more than i've ever heard him play kind of little fancier kind of things and it was cool to hear him do that because usually it's more in the pocket straight ahead you know he doesn't delve into the Vinny apathy kind of world too much you know he keeps it pretty straight but there's a couple parts on this record where it's like oh well that was that was a little he, he threw it out there you know because <laughs> huh, i guess i didn't maybe i didn't pay as much attention to all the drums because i was trying to like i know you play guitar and you were schooling me about some other stuff like the gain so i was trying to maybe focus more on that this this record definitely is a little the guitars are more in your face they're less chorused out but yeah i'm I, the first thing I listen to always is the drums and bass, <laughs> usually huh. on most records. And this one, like I said, man, I, Teddy Cook, no idea who that guy was or is. His yeah. does not have a Wikipedia that uh, that exists, <laughs> you know. I believe he played in some other bands, and I'm going to blank on what they were. Maybe Great White, maybe some, but but his playing's great, you know. But he's kind. He for me, I think my note on him was Teddy Cook is like an enigma. Uh, I thought he played simple and solid on this record, but he also looked cool as hell. That was my, like, you saw videos of them. It was like, oh man, this guy looks, looks cool. You know, he's like the, 
Nikki six of the band, you know, <laughs> uh, he looks cool. You know, he cares what he plays like, uh, but no, he did his playing's real solid, but it's not like on a couple of the other records we're going to talk about where it's like, man, the bass shined. He yeah. just played really solid parts. You know, I think this group of guys were really good. I don't know the keyboardist, Jen, what was it? Jen's Johansson. Jen's or Johansson. Jen's? Yeah. yeah. I think he played with Ingve and, I don't really know where he's at on this record. It seems like the keyboards are kind of there sometimes, sometimes not. So, yeah, which so. kind of makes sense if they were trying to go back, like you said, go back to the more of just the like slamming rocks sound. They're not going to put the keyboards like up front, right? What about "Hey Angel"? Because my note on that is, I think there's that one, and there's another song where in the outro, some of the guitar almost sounds like he's doing like the refrain from like the last in line on like the outro. I think it might I be, can see that. I think it might be Hey Angel. I think it might like is it Born on the Sun? It almost sounds in the outro. It kind of sounds like some of the older deals. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can hear that. Hey Angel for me that chorus is great. The harmony vocals are great, and it's probably one of my favorite guitar solos on the record. It's just a, it's a tasty one. Um, <laughs> tasty. But I would agree with you that there are parts on this, that, and that's what I'm saying. He doesn't hide the fact that, well, and maybe Vivian wasn't of influence to him, but if he wasn't, somebody else that they both like is, because there's parts on here where if you close close your eyes, like that could be Vivian, you know? So yeah, doesn't surprise me if there's things like that that, that poke out yeah i don't have a whole lot of notes i just circled i basically just like circled i don't know if you can see that but i just kind of circled uh songs some of the ones that stood out to me and the ones that stood out the most to me were hey angel born on the sun and my eyes and night music Born on the Sun, that one, there's that's the one that has the toms during the chorus. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool choice because it was just like, what? They just stop and then the chorus kicks in and it's just toms the first half of the chorus. I was just like, well, that's cool. And dynamically, that song is what I love about older music is when it breaks down, it breaks down. Nowadays, everything's so slammed and compressed that the waveform is so big that you really don't feel the, okay, now we're, now we're kind of going, yeah. And there, there's the core, you know, just doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. So that, that I really liked about that song, but yeah, most of the ones you pointed out. And and this one thing I brought up, I was thinking of too, was some of these songs and it's on all of these records. I Well, maybe not the, the killing the dragon, but, on this, there's a lot of songs that have these like one and a half minute intros, and then the song really kicks in. Yeah, it's just like I, I it's it, sometimes I'm like, just cut the fat. Night music feels like we've talked about this before on all of his records. There's always a radio single. Yeah, and that feels like that could be it. Yeah, and Simple there's always and catchy. Uh, yeah, I noticed that at least too with this one is like how there was what you said. There's the pattern. There's the door busting in song. 
But then there's also like the epic song, too. I guess Lock Up the Wolves is that one, the title track. But then that's the one I was thinking of when you said it's got this really long intro. It's just like a clock ticking for like a minute or something. Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's a few of them like that. Lock Up the Wolves for me is probably one of the least favorite songs on this record. It just and he has these on every record, too, where it's the we've talked about this. It's the plotter. It's the do do do. It's the giant walking Mm -hmm. kind of plotting riff. Another long intro, another plotting riff, and some keys, and a bit of whammy bar. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the bridge is the best part of the song. It opens up and has super cool vocal harmonies. But yeah, it's not. And Evil on Queen Street is another one. It's two in a row where it's just like plotters. uh, But that one maybe harkens back a little bit more to Sabbath. The riff really reminds me of that. The solo is super subdued except for the end where he totally rips some Zach Wild riffs. But yeah, this this album, you know, listening to all three of these, like I said, this one definitely, for me, I thought I liked more than I do. There's a few songs, as the record goes, the songs start to dive off, like on the other records, where it's like the good shit's at the top. Yeah, Let's put the, the junkier stuff or the thing that we don't think is going to take off. Huh. So you Towards the end. are you saying like because before we recorded this and we talked about doing the second part, you were all about lock up the wolves. But now after listening to it and coming back to it, you're not as there's three of the songs that, that I could do without. It's still up high, but but okay. all of his records have a few duds for me. Yeah, I just didn't remember listening to it like from top to bottom was like, OK, yeah that one's cool oh there's an, another plotter you know it's just and maybe it's just the way it's sequenced also because the two kind of do 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 riffs that are real slow yeah are like butted up against each other and it's like just makes the album go for like <laughs> and not and this was the era i think this one and the tracy g record the songs are long as shit it's like they're like seven minutes i don't know if that was feels like maybe that was of the era as well you know kind of when grunge was coming in and alice yeah. in chains and and um, some of them it's just like the uh, song ever gonna end you know <laughs> uh speaking about that i noticed something the other day i was sick i had a sick day uh from work so i just went through all these that we were going to talk about one by one and i finally took right. my notes i noticed there was a song maybe because it was too long there's a song why are they watching me and it's not yeah. on the cassette or on the vinyl, but it's on the CD. Oh, streaming. really? I didn't know that. I always had the CD, so that's weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I think the yeah. song has, what, 11 tracks? So, I think back then you could probably only fit about so much on a vinyl. So if they were still doing vinyl at that point, they might have been like, okay, this is going to have to. Yeah, there's five on a side. Yeah, and why are they watching me? That's the chorus is this, you know. Well, the chorus and the middle eight and the solo are I think some of the coolest ones on this record, but the verses are weak. Like, it's like, huh. I'm like, okay, well this, cause when I was listening, I was like, Oh, huh. And then the chorus kicks in and then the middle eight is the, and it's like, Oh, this is where it's at. And then it goes back to the verse. It's like, Oh no. <laughs> so. Why do they do the things they do? Why are they watching me? Oh, they're watching you. Watching. 
wasted. My notes for that was, this one just doesn't do it. Not bad, but it's just there. <laughs> yeah, I felt like, yeah. That's they probably my least favorite song on the record, for I sure. I felt like for the vinyl, they could have left off Twisted and put Why Are They Watching Me on there. Yeah, totally agree. You know, I think My Eyes might be, the mo- we were talking about the epic thing. That's the epic song. Beautiful vocal and the lyrics are awesome. And I guess they were going for epic. And then I wrote too damn long, <laughs> but that <laughs> might've been what they were going for. Cause it's, cause it is the end of the record song. So that was a thing too. It's like, you know, yeah, we're going to make this big, long epic thing. Here was something too, from the last time, like when we talked about the classic Dio albums, I had that tally of all the times he referenced. Rainbow. Oh yeah. Rainbows. And I kind of thought, oh, man, with these ones, they're heavier and stuff. It's a different era. He's not going to mention rainbows at all. But a few mentions on um, this album, especially my eyes, uh, he says the keeper of rainbows and the color of rainbows. And then there was a rainbow reference in Born on the Sun. He said there's a crack in the rainbow. So there was rainbow. Yeah. Three. (laughs) Crack in the rainbow. There's a hole in the sky, I think is the lyric. Because I was thinking about Sabbath for that one. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. And uh, my only other real note on this was the walk on water thing. That's another, like it could it could have easily been the opener, because it's an, and I, is that on the record? Is that the opening of side two, or on the cassette? Oh no, the opening on side two is evil on Queen Street, and then okay. walk on water. But yeah, you're right. But that that could, walk on that water. Could've... That's the one where Rowan just throws everything in the pot you know that like i said there's a little blues then he does the tapping thing he does some dive bombs which i for the most part I, <laughs> i'm not a huge fan of indio songs and we'll get to that with the tracy g record because <laughs> oh really and then oh. there's some super shred you know so i that song to me was was his uh shining moment but yeah the album's a return to form for me i i, I basically just put back to the basics Songs are a bit long, but that was also a sign of the times. Uh, Rowan Robertson was 18 when he played, and I said he played his ass off, co-wrote yeah. every track. Some points he sounds like, well, the funny thing is I wrote Vivian Campbell, but my phone put Sibian <laughs> Candle. <laughs> so I must I must write Sibian a lot. Well, no, it's misspelled. So, And this is some of Simon Wright's best playing. Like I said, uh, most I'm used to the ACDC stuff. And yeah. I just wrote down, yeah. It was kind of like return to form, but it wasn't going to set the world on fire. Yeah. It was kind of what Dio needed, I guess, to get back to the rock sound. For sure. I guess music was shifting then. Or yeah, about and it, it's a bummer because I, I think there is a second record with Rowan, but it got shelved because oh, wow. uh, Sabbath reunited with Dio at that point. I think yeah. they did. Well, what was the record they did? Dehumanizer. There you go. With, with Vinny. So it wasn't yeah. the Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, like, you know. Wasn't the heaven and hell Black Sabbath? Or no, it was, wasn't it? Because Vinny was always there with Dio. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think they reunited for that record, and that rec, the Rowan record, got shelved, and then they all kind of went away. And that album's kind of probably sitting somewhere. But I, I'm curious to see what would have, what it would have become. So yeah, really. Are you ready to move on to Strange sure. Highways? Yeah, this is that one of your is, favorites. That is one of my favorite, yeah, uh, Dio albums. Maybe one of my favorite metal albums. 
Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know, oh, man. man. I love the shit out of this thing. So I'm kind of curious. Hey, we were talking about it before, man. It's rare. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. There's I don't no know. right answer. I do have a new appreciation for it after listening to it. I have mixed feelings about the production. This is like, I think Mike Frazier did this record. What was it? 93. Yeah. So October of 93, it came out. Mike Frazier, who I think did a bunch of ACDC records. and It looked like, from what I saw, he did a lot more mixing rather than producing. I mean, he's listed as the producer, but but it just definitely sonically was different than anything prior. So it was bigger... And I don't know, maybe he did the previous record, but uh, as far as these three, it's just more, you can hear every instrument. So I, like I said, I have a new appreciation for it after listening on headphones because there's some cool, there is some cool stuff. Yeah. I will still say, you know, if for some reason anybody's listening to this, like, yeah, but Tracy G is great, but is still my least favorite <laughs> guitar player in Dio. Oh, yeah. Huh. Less so now after listening to this record. I think part of my issue was always just the the whammy bar stuff. Just always really felt out of place when he played with Dio. And me and Denny have talked about this before. Denny saw them on the tour with Tracy. Really? He was great. Yeah, he was great, he said, on the stuff that he did. But like when it came to playing the classics, just didn't really do them justice. Kind of did his own thing. And it's like some of them songs require... It's like going and playing Crazy Train and like, I'm going to go do my own thing. You know, it's, huh. it's like you can't. But I definitely, the the guitar tones are great. Production wise, it was really cool because you could hear everything. Huh. I could hear the bass. I could hear the drums. Um, I like it so much that I tracked down this thing like it's Dio live in London from the tour with uh, Tracy G. Oh, cool. So, and they got like a DVD of it or something. So I'm going to have to really? go back and like, I guess only check the quality- out quality pretty good yeah i dig it but i'm a dio nut so i probably would dig it anyways but i mean i said i had a sick day and i threw in the dvd but i guess i only flipped around to the ones from strange highways that they were doing right and pay attention to the uh the classics so and i've never really seen it either but i i've just i've heard that and uh he just has a very compared to the other guitar players that have been in dio's band he's probably the most unlike the others and that's so not a bad thing. So you were saying the sounds that he does, you don't like. Like, I almost thought it sounded mechanical or something like the or something like that. Well, where he's that doing stuff doesn't of... bother me. It's the oh. Eddie Van Halen, like when he would hit a and do dive bombs with his whammy bar. <laughs> There's just a lot of that. And, and Rowan does it a couple times on his record, but it's kind of done more subtle. And again, it was, you're right. That's, it's the sign of the times. That first song, I mean, when it came on, I was like, oh, I forgot this riff is really cool. And the bass is awesome. Like the bass playing is great, but it seems super disjointed. Like they stuck three different songs together. It's weird stops. Like they dead stop. Like there's no echo, no nothing. There's time changes randomly. Yeah. Those dissonant and, and. At weird chords and it may have just been they were trying to fit in with you know what year was this did we say 93 so yeah I mean, they were 
fighting with you know Allison Chains and stuff. So maybe and and Nine Inch Nail. It almost feels like Allison Chains and Nine Inch Nails. We're gonna write a couple songs that sound like them and just yeah. slam them together. Who cares what the tempos are? So, <laughs> but there's some really cool riffs in there. Is that the thing? Like, man, I can't remember like what song it is or even the lyrics. But the thing you're saying that's disjointed, where it's like crossroad overload or something see it kind of does a start stop and then it goes like herky jerky well there's just a bunch of like i said there's parts where it just stops and sounds like it's the end of the song or the tape broke and then all of a sudden it just kicks (laughs) it's like what just happened you know but that like i said maybe they were trying to you know be a little more modern most of the times that fails miserably when bands try and, yeah. and assimilate to what's going on. It usually just is a shit show. <laughs> I see where you're coming from, though, because I guess for me as a listener and like Denny and Brent and all those guys, they know I'm like weird and I gravitate to the weird stuff. <laughs> but I guess for me as a listener, I just kind of thought, man, this is so different than what you'd expect out of Dio because it's so angry and nasty and evil. And and so I liked it because it was kind of different. Well, that's the funny that my my note for the overall thing was this record is dark, twisted, and angry. Yeah, so that's what it sounds like. Even the vocals. I mean, Dio just sounds like he's like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> you know, gritty, <laughs> cool vocals on this record. You know, I'm just gonna skip right ahead to one of the songs in here called "Pain." Yeah. And yeah. even there's lyrics like, "So take the water and wash your face with pain, and take a yeah. hammer and pound your face with pain." I'm like. Oh my God, Dio is like, sounds like this is Dio pissed off. The vocals <laughs> are fucking mean. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that, that's the one, this is, that's his song on this record. Like, it's like, I mean, he's, it's always about Dio, but that yeah. one is just like, I, you could just take that vocal track and put it, so I'll listen to that because you could tell the yeah. guy is just like, you know. And this record is weird to me because I, I mentioned earlier how usually the dumpier songs for me are at the end. The three, my three favorites are the last three songs on this record. So I can see that because there's like one, it's like, here's to you. And I wrote down, yep. it's the usual like anthem, like the we rock or something. And it's at yep. the end because I guess they're trying to be more evil. So they're like, well, maybe we want to have that typical uh, deal song, but we're just going to put at the end, you know, or something. Yeah, well, and and it's it's a, those three songs really kind of like we were saying earlier. The the first ones they were trying to do all this crazy stuff. Yeah, and it's almost like those last three are simple, and that's what I like about Dio, that straightforward thing. And my, my I think I wrote for that song is this is what I'm talking about, arena rock. I mean, because that's what you know. That it's it's just a cool and it's kind of I don't know that here's to you the choruses almost remind me like another band could do that where most Dio songs aren't that way that song is one of the top ones you know but simple wins the race yeah for me with with Dio anyway so bring down the rain same thing yeah yeah um, that one's good it just sounds like Dio 
Yeah, some of them and do think... get kind of on that first side because there's it starts off with Jesus, Mary, and the Holy Ghost, and then that first side has strange highways and Hollywood Black, but then there's one that's like evolution. Like that's the one I could almost kind of like is, do without is firehead. Is firehead on the yeah, vinyl? Firehead's like the second one, and I love that one too. That one is so kind of nasty. It has super cool riff. That song, listen on headphones. This record is Vinny and Jeff Pilson, correct? Yes, yeah. So I mean, they are the stars. Uh, I mean, they're the stars of this whole record, but Jeff especially. Pilson is the 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 bomb diggity on this yeah. record. He is great. <laughs> yeah. His playing is great, but that one for sure. That song, they are they are the the reason to listen to that song. So are you like familiar? I wanted to ask you this. Are you familiar with like Sabbath and like the dehumanizer mm-hmm. album and all that? Yeah. Are you familiar with it recently or have you listened to it at all? It's probably been several years since I've listened to it. Okay. Cause where I was going with this was because I actually, I wasn't as big on like, like strange highways at first. When I first got into Dio, there was yeah. a dude. I don't know. I don't know how old he was. I was going to say I was in my twenties and he was in his fifties. And this is back in like 2008. I started working on this printing company and this guy, Randy, he like had a whole bunch of Dio and he loved Dio and he had all this music and stuff he'd play at work, like on a playlist and mm-hmm. stuff. And that was the same time where they put out the Dio years with Sabbath. And I never really listened to a lot of Dio before. So I was asking him at work, like, hey, what should I listen to? And he like burned all these Dio albums for me. He loved like Strange Highways. But Mm -hmm. me being new to all this Dio stuff, I actually didn't like it at first. Yeah. And um, I tried to listen to Dehumanizer and I didn't like either of those two albums because they sounded how now I like them because they're dark. At the time, they sounded dark and they didn't sound like the rest of the Dio stuff. Right. And then the more I listened, I felt like I felt like Strange Highways was just Dio trying to copy a dehumanizer and take that kind of nasty sound and do it in his own band. But then I don't know if I'm just because I'm listening to these things so far removed from the time they came out. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been because when they did that record, I remember Dehumanizer. It was when again when the grunge thing was kicking in. It was a 91, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Yeah, I'm sure he took a big chunk of that and was just like, I need to continue this because people seem to gravitate towards that because it fit the times. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, it definitely is one of the darker records that, out of his yeah. stuff, you know. I'm uh, Again, you know, in all honesty, I think we've talked about this before, the Tracy G records and the two Craig Goldie records after after Rowan, it's pretty much just killing the dragon. Anything else? I kind of just was kind of not really vibing with. Yeah. So I, I listened to them all, but uh, it was always just like, oh, well, that that's cool. You know, this one, like I said, man, after listening, Strange Highways, speaking of that, that one of the notes I had was that bridge where it go, it's one of the coolest parts on the record, man. It's like a almost yeah. like the Beatles. There's a whole middle section that is just like, what just, what, what just <laughs> happened? It, it's so cool. It's so unlike, Dio. I've never I've never heard him do anything like that before. So that's a a, a cool one. You can see the 
definitely a pissed off record. Oh yeah, I'm Under the Gun. To... That's the one for me. You're like no, nah, like you don't like that song. I love Vinny's playing on it. Not my favorite vocal or guitar. It just didn't grab me, you know. See, that was one that kind of didn't grab me either. But then on this listen for these notes, I kind of like it. And it's like how I said it's a dark like Dio song. It's like the anti Janie's got a gun or something because right. he's basically <laughs> telling her to use the gun. or something. Yeah. Use it. I, I, I love that about music, too, where you can go. There's been several records in the last couple of years where I got them and listened at the time was like, ah, this sucks. And then, and then now I've went back and listened to them. Now it's like my favorite record, you know, yeah. it's like, whoa, you know, how did I miss this? But I think you have to be in a certain headspace for certain records. You know, it's like, well, this one didn't grab me because maybe I was too happy. I didn't listen to it. And I was really pissed off. <laughs> now I get it. You know. So. Well, Hey, maybe this was my pandemic record. Cause I remember getting into, I've listened to like a lot of Dio when like, I guess stuff was shutting down and there wasn't anywhere to go and nothing to do. Yeah, man. I was like all into Dio. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I was just pissed off. Like I said, Jeff Pilson though, he's the man, you know, it's, it's just anything he, even when he's with foreigner now, he just kills, you know, even though that he's mostly playing, other people's stuff yeah. but anything that guy has done since from doc and on guy sings great plays i mean he he just the way it was separated on this record the mix you could hear it was like i said it's really hard to do that and this record is really that mike frazier really got every yeah. the drums are a little dry for me I, I like big you know but man the bass playing is just the shit you just remind me of something that like with like pilsen and uh Dokken. did you ever listen to this thing it's going back like 10 years ago but it was a tnn or it was going to be tooth and nail but it was the guys from Dokken minus Dokken, and then pilsen yeah. sang some songs and they got guests on there yeah that's yeah, pretty I good think, yeah i dig it too and when you started talking about pilsen one song went in my head whereas was into the fire uh, they kind of do like mm -hmm. a different version of that. They like reworked yeah. it and he's singing on it. And I thought that was badass. He's got a great voice. I mean, yeah. I, I wish he would sing for Dokken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Dokken, but hey, you know, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess Dio uh, for you sounds like the pepperoni pizza or whatever that um, <laughs> analogy that we always talk about pizza. You just want a classic pepperoni pizza and it's Dio and Vinny. And then any of these other toppings yeah. that kind of come in there, like maybe pineapple is Tracy G. You're like, nope, I just want this classic. Uh, <laughs> kind of. I don't want any. And kind that of... does suck because yeah. as a musician, you do want to venture out. But I, I think there's ways yeah. to venture out without completely changing everything. But I, I, yeah. in this era, a lot of bands tried that. I mean, Skid yeah. Row tried it. Everybody tried to kind of fit the I, I don't know, man, I, it's, it's it's a it's a struggle for me mentally but i do prefer my bands to have at least a consistent thing you know which is yeah you know, and it's one of them things i don't really understand for me where some bands it happens some bands it doesn't but some really cool heavy rock bands or just straight up like wow that's cool rock as they get older they wimp out i don't know like the everything gets more pitter the drums get pitter patter the guitars get cleaner and jingle jangle jingle it's just like what happened to like 
the, you know, you don't have to go that far, you know, and sometimes I think it's a mental thing for some guys. I can't do that. That's a young guys game. It's like, there's, there's somewhere it's just such a drag because you're waiting for what you're used to. And I think there's, like I said, I think there's ways to morph the sound and, and change with the times a little bit, but completely abandoning yeah what you do, you know, which, you know, some people that works really well, you know, other people that doesn't, I mean, ACDC keeping the formula seems to have worked, you know, or other bands keeping the formula doesn't, I, I don't know, but you know, I want my Alice in Chains to sound like Alice in Chains and I want my Dio to sound like Dio, you yeah. know, there's one thing too, is like, cause I was younger when I was getting into Dio. Well, I'm still kind of young, but it was like in my earlier twenties. And I think too, looking at strange highways, I was like, this artwork almost looks kind of dumb. I didn't know what it is. It's like a person in like, it looks like wavy water and their brains exposed or their muscles are exposed. Yeah. What's it supposed to be coming out of their head? And I'm like, I could never find anything what it's about, but then Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was looking at it again. And you know, that one thing, what is it? The Leonardo guy where he's in the wheel or something. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. But if the guy was on drugs or something like this is your brain, (laughs) As the Leonardo the guy, this is. is your brain on because uh, yeah, it doesn't metal. really have much to do with the title, you know. Like lock up the wolves, there's some wolves on the title, you know. Strange yeah, you think there'd be a strange robots, highway so like, or like a yeah, yeah. Know. Holy diver as a priest, they all have kind of a a thing, but yeah, that one for sure. I don't angry yeah. machines make sense because it's a big angry machine, but. <laughs> I only got one last thing to say about Strange Highways, and it was kind of funny. It was something the other day when I was going through that live album, and I put the DVD Mm -hmm. in, and it's kind of cool. There's liner notes, like with the DVD, and they actually have little interview snippets or something with Jeff Pilsen. And Mm -hmm. he said that he got recruited to play on the album because he lived uh, by Dio, and Dio and Vinny just walked over to his house and were like, yeah. Hey, like we need a bass player. And then they just ended up recruiting him. And it even said that all three of them went back to Dio's house or something. And somebody fixed Dio's sprinkler or something yeah. like that. It was just <laughs> kind of weird. Like they're just hanging out in their neighborhood and they're like, all right, let's make an album. Hey, we were just talking about that the other day. You know, sometimes that's how those things we were talking about. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. I totally forgot about the circus record, which was a commercial flop, but it's my favorite. But we got to talk about Craig Ross, his guitar player. And same thing, you know, he was. Lenny Kravitz was at a bar and I'm trying to remember who the famous artist was that he was with, hmm. but they were shooting pool and that Craig Ross was there and he was like, man, I just got a deal. I need a guitar player. And the famous person, which like I said, I wish I could remember who the woman was, but she was just like, how about Craig? You know, <laughs> that's pretty much how he got the gig. He jammed with him once and that was it. He's been around for how many years now? Oh, damn. So sometimes that's, that's cool. the best, man. It's just like, Hey, I need, you know, or the Phil X, you know, playing on, Tommy Lee's record. I think he was painting Tommy Lee's house. Oh, damn. And and they needed somebody, and the producer, I think, maybe knew him or something. And he's like, I think he plays guitar and came in and just ripped everybody's face off. You know? <laughs> so those what? are the who best is stories. This guy? Man. Yeah, yeah. Who what the hell? You know? So though that's how stuff should happen, you know. Yeah. The cool guy club thing sucks, you know. It's just like well, he's not part of the crew, you know. Well, sometimes yeah. for me, those are the best people. I prefer somebody that's not part of the the, <laughs> the cool guy crew, you know. It's weird how music was like when I was younger coming up, it was almost like the outcast played music. 
now the older I get, the more being a musician, at least, at least in Nashville, it feels like it's like a football team. If you're not part of the, the a squad, you're shit, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you gotta, you're not one of the cools, you know, it's like, wow, this is completely different of what I thought music was supposed to be. The cools were supposed to be the people you told to eat shit and you stayed yeah. weird and did your music thing and stayed a weirdo, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it doesn't always work that way anymore. Yeah. So, or what's that? Uh, like anyway. you just reminded me of that. Uh, what is it? 21 jump street with Channing Tatum <laughs> or something. Cause don't they go back to high school and it's like, it's like flipped like a uh, Channing Tatum was back in the when he was actually in high school before they're on the police force or something. He was the cool jockey guy and he picked on uh, the um, who was it? Joe. Right. Well, then when they go back to high school undercover, it's like the opposite where yeah. uh, the nerdy Jonah Hill's the cool guy. Yeah. And then Channing Tatum's like or whatever. He picks on somebody and they're like, hey, why are you picking on this guy? That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Life does that to you. But yeah. It's interesting. Now, Killing the Dragon, I don't remember what year this came out. Uh, 2002. 2002, okay. Dio produced this one again, so back to the old old school way jimmy baines back yeah and simon wright again and doug aldrich who i love doug aldrich preface this whole thing by saying that i think he's he killed in white snake there's a few bands he was in that i didn't care for but he always is just rips the, the guy just always is one of them his playing is always killer yeah i like those couple white snakes ones was it forevermore and the good to yeah, be are, bad. Again, we were talking about Vinnie Vincent. Those records are missing from iTunes, Apple Music now too. I don't know why, but the two, the Doug Aldrich records aren't aren't not on Apple Music right now. Oh, really? So I went to go. Yeah, let's do a podcast the other day. He was talking about that record, and I went, man, I need to go check that out again. And uh, I'm gonna look it up right now, just because maybe it's back up. I there, think but... Good to Be Bad actually. Like uh, they both were gone, but good to be bad. Uh, because they reissued it this year and I bought it on vinyl and I think they called it uh, like good to a uh, good to be badder or something. They changed the title Let's or something. See. I'm looking right now, or it's still good to be bad. There is, yeah, still good to be bad is on there, but yeah, forevermore is is disappeared from yeah. online. So I'm hoping they'll just reissue it or something and it'll Yeah, I don't know what label that came out on. And I also was curious if, you know, you never know the situations like um after Dio passed away, you know, hearing some of the stories, like it didn't sound like him and Doug Aldrich were maybe well, maybe towards the end they were on better terms, but him leaving to go join White Snake didn't go over super well. Oh, okay. So same with the White Snake thing. I don't, you know, for all I for all you know. He may have co-wrote a bunch of those songs and now is trying to they're they're figuring out publishing or oh. some publishing describe I don't know. You never oh, know. Oh man, anymore, maybe Dio's you know? mad because hey, Vivian left and he ended up being in White Snake. And yeah, then now maybe. here goes Doug's going and he's like, What? I fucking hate White Snake. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why Forevermore would be missing, you know. Yeah. So I who knows? I bands are a weird thing and uh I think they might have been on some label. 
like SPV or like Steam Hammer or some weird shit like that. Because I remember Brandon at co-op. I think I was talking to him one time and I said, I love Forevermore. And he goes, oh, well, like you should buy Good to Be Bad. We still got a copy over there. And so I ended up buying it. And uh, yeah, which um, that record's great, too. And there's a live DVD from that uh, live from London or something like that. Uh, oh wow, that's that's great. That uh, I don't know if that is on Apple Music, but it was a really cool live record. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of like you, like with the last one. I got a new appreciation for Killing the Dragon going through it now because this yeah. one is how I said like Lock Up the Wolves was like a return to form. This one actually seems more of a return to form. Because oh yeah, it is just like. It's just in your face and it doesn't really let up the whole time. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of cool. I mean, even that opening track, it's like galloping thing. Yeah. The last record, Strange Highways, the opener's cool, but it definitely wasn't a, a slammer, you know? So that one's great. And, uh, classic Dio Jimmy Bain there's something to be said about that guy like I don't know what it, I can't put my finger on it is what it is with him but there's something that he adds to that band even in uh what do they call or last in line when that started yeah it's different without him that I can't figure out what it is about the way he plays and I, can't, I just can't put my finger on it but that guy there's a cool factor and a, maybe it's a tone of his bass and the things he plays. He's just, I said tasty earlier. He is just, he just plays tasty shit. And it's, uh, (laughs) so it was cool hearing him on this record because it's the, I think it's the only record that he's on out of these three. And it was like, oh, there, there it is. He may be the glue. I don't know. You hear the stories, like I said, about Rainbow in the Dark doing the the keyboard thing and being drunk and coming up with that. Might be something about when him and Dio get together, because this is, I think we were talking before about the songwriting. I think this album is mostly him and Bane, other than a couple songs. Yeah, it's kind of weird, because like Aldrich did the one that you said, the opening one, Killing the Dragon, the galloping thing. Aldrich had to co-write on that. And I think Goldie had a couple uh, co-writes, because I think he was on Magica. I think yeah. he was supposed to be on this record, yeah, which his songs are pretty cool. And then the Bane ones, yeah. though. Yeah, the Bane ones seem like they do stand out. Like you got, It's like what you said. Yeah. You get there's, uh, there's those two guys cool together. Ones. But yeah, as, as much as the rhythm section kills on this record, there's some, <laughs> again, Doug Aldrich is, is for me, he fits Whitesnake perfect because he does remind me of John Sykes. Yeah. And just that, like, scream, that, that, cocked wah with that's what us guitarists would call us where you take a wah wah pedal and instead of going wah 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 you just kind of put it halfway and it sounds real nasally that's what he's doing on that song and it just he just rips it's just like i could listen to that all day that guy and that's the cool thing about this record is there's so many songs that do the fade and on a lot of dio stuff it's just like we're just gonna let it fade it's just like hey doug rip on the outro also (laughs) so not only is there a solo but then the last minute of the song while it's fading, he just rips. This 
not a lot of guitar players that I see in awe of, and he doesn't do anything that's like over the top or anything. It's just, man, the guy never hits a bad note, you know. Hmm. He, I've never never seen the guy clam ever in all the live footage. I've just never heard the guy go. But it's it's just he just it, there's something about him, man. He's just uh, must have a guitar on all day, every day, like Eddie Van Halen, you know. There's even a live album that Aldrich was on too with this band and the lineup was everybody that was on this album. Yeah. Um, Ronnie, uh, Jimmy Bain, Simon Wright, Doug Aldrich, and, and then even Scott Warren from the track listing. They're doing killing the dragon, Egypt push, uh, stand up yeah. and shout. And then they even do some like rainbow stuff too. Like, like long yeah. live rock and roll. You on this record like i said bane like better in the dark he's awesome there's a little jam during the solo where it's almost like the guitars and bass go back and forth he does some jamming on the bass and it's like there's some yeah. cool stuff rock and roll reminds me of zeppelin that whole riff and the bridge is super cool the part where it says send your heroes off to war my only complaint with that song would be the chorus is a little cliche you know rock and roll <laughs> yeah see that one actually for me you put is rock and roll in the title is just yeah like, oh. it's like that one for me is the only kind of clunker on this album just because it kind of made me think of like how like you're saying some of the other the older deal ones it was just very very repetitive rock and roll rock and roll i'm like yeah yep yeah. yeah i mean that's yeah. But there are some, the funny thing is there's a few songs on here. I think Guilty I put and Throw Away Children, both of those songs could have completely been on Dream Evil. Like, yeah, that's what, like, wow. that was what I thought because I thought, like, I like Throw Away Children, but it's kind of the one, it's a total rehash of A Fool Sailed Away. Yeah. The keys start creeping in on the, the, those songs too, which is probably what makes yeah. it feel that way and, and throw away children and but the guitars i mean doug's solo on that is awesome and the children's choir totally makes that song it's yeah. super cool someone's thrown away their children you can see them running from your smile sing for the ground really good songs on this record that i probably will listen to this more often They're, like i said you know like you said yeah. there's always a couple clunkers and that's that's most bands i don't think there's ever been a record well there's been a handful of records i'm like yeah. top to bottom it's a there's not a turd that's few and far between other than with a few songs like how i said throwaway children sounds like the 80s dio and yeah. then there's like cold feet that kind of sounds like elf or something or it sounds like just from a yeah, different era it reminds me of something else and i can't figure out what it is and i don't like keyboards but that droney thing is super cool yeah i did put that it's probably my least favorite tune but it's a good tune for someone else because it doesn't <laughs> sound like dio it's yeah. just weird i can't figure out that you just said that maybe it's elf but i'm just like who does this sound like it sounds like dio I, th I thought it was a cover at first. I was just like, is this? So I went and looked at the 
yeah. track listing and stuff. I was like, who wrote this? And I was like, oh shit, they wrote it. I was just like, I could have swore this was somebody else's song. Here's a place in the front row. So with a show. That same old shadow on the run. I don't know if it actually is Elf, but I just kind of thought, well, it sounds like Dio from before he was even in Dio or Rainbow. And then I was like, what was yeah. that? Ronnie and the Red Caps? Or I was like, no, Elf. Yeah, I can't figure that one out. But it is it is a I, interesting song. It's just a very unique song that yeah. is catchy as shit. But like I said, yeah, the minute they start singing, I'm like, I, I've heard this before somewhere. Did yeah. somebody else do this? Well, other than a few songs, though, I guess where I was going with this is some of those Dio albums. It's like, oh, that sounds like it's from the 80s or that sounds like it's from the 90s. Most of this. Yeah. It sounds like it could have been released. I don't know, five years ago, 10 years ago or something. Not yeah. like from 2002 or something. It sounds really modern. Right. Yeah. There's some. Cool so it stuff. must be that Doug Aldrich then or his plane. It or might something. be. I mean, and the, man, there's so little. And even on this record, what is there? I don't even think they were there was listed. Maybe that Scott Warren was listed as like the keyboard, but he's not even yeah. listed. He's listed as like as, as an additional musician. Like he wasn't listed like like the other records where there was a keyboard player. For the most part, this record avoids maybe goes avoids that in a certain sense. But there is the one song I did put was uh, before the fall. Yeah, uh, that's like totally rainbow. Like it sounds like deep purpley kind of thing. Yeah. There's not even a guitar solo. I think there's an outro guitar solo, but there's a keyboard solo. Yeah. And it's such a cool song, that part anyway. And Doug is so kick-ass that I feel like he could have just let a, a monster solo. But yeah. it's just little, little, little keyboard stuff. And we've discussed my thoughts on that. It's right behind saxophone. <laughs> yeah, that's the one part for me where it's just like, oh, what a you know, what a drag. Because they, they avoided it for most of the record, you know other than a few yeah. simple things that were added. So having a keyboard solo, and I guess, yeah, he's always going to have a keyboard so they can recreate it live. But in my mind, I'm like, that was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like, um, it was like Scott Warren had to justify his paycheck or something. Because <laughs> I saw, yeah, I saw was like, something. Hey kid, go yeah. do something. <laughs> I saw something where he actually paid tribute that Scott Warren paid tribute to Dio. And when he like, kind of like made a note, to memorialize his passing he was the longest standing guy in dio's band because he joined i guess in 94 on the strange highways tour and he was with them till the end through like i guess master really? of the moon or something yeah uh-huh. or beyond i'm not I, like i said i'm not that i know he that guy's played on a bunch of records and he's yeah. a talented guy but yeah it's it's just the one thing on this record where it's like oh uh. yeah. <laughs> I don't mind them necessarily yeah. being there, but when it's like a lead instrument, I think there was another song on the first four albums we discussed that maybe on the it was just like the guitar and keyboards kind of went back and forth, and it was just like, oh, don't do that, uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like, and I I think I get why Dio maybe have been really disappointed when Doug left because I do feel like he found his foil almost like Ozzy and Randy because. This is the one album, like I said, where it's just like almost like they're just like, oh, there's a gap. Doug, go let it fly. (laughs) Yeah, really? Because he can, you know, so it was just like, do your thing, man. Like he was, you know, it's like, here's like on a platter. Here's our guitar hero. 
this album is just full of just shred and and tasty shit, man. Just yeah. really good, good playing. You know, I mean, and and same same thing you did with with White Snake. You know, it's like, uh, you did know. you get this DL one at the time when it came out too, or had you kind of fallen? away with I kind of fallen off of it at this yeah. at this point but you know I did hear that push song so I probably now that I say that I probably did pull it onto my iTunes just because I was like oh I, I dig that video and song yeah. I probably listened to it but wasn't like in the forefront at that point I think I was more into that era the velvet revolver and shit like that you know yeah because I was gonna say by that point you were like I don't know you were almost was that burn brothers at that time or was that yeah just I may a have bit been in the then. band at that may have been at that time yeah you probably weren't up on all the current stuff i yeah and like you said i I mean it just wasn't in my peripheral at that point but going back and listening like i said you know it's always and i've listened over time because i like that song so it's like i'll throw that record on and it's always great you know um but i've i've heard players like that before where it's just like man i'm not into what they do but damn that's impressive so i think he's one of those guys where anybody could see him and go, whoa, okay, that's kind of bluesy and not, you know, he plays what would normally be considered, well, like Zach Wilde, you know, plays mostly pentatonic blues-based stuff, but he just has a thing, plays it super fast. Same with, with Doug. He does these crazy stretches. So he'll play the notes that maybe somebody else would normally play, but he'll play them in a different pattern because, I mean, I remember watching a video of him one time and like his stretch from his first finger to his pinky is like twice as long as mine. The guy must have like spider fingers. It's just like how <laughs> me and a buddy were watching and we we're like, how the fuck is his finger there? Like I can't even get it halfway to where it's at. But the, I, I just, so he's able to play these really strange shapes sometimes. I, I just, I'm like, I I need to use my right hand to hit that note. (laughs) So, you know, way more about guitar than I do, because you obviously play it and you've been in all these bands over the years and you like, you know, your shit. And I don't really know sometimes what I'm going to describe to you. Like, okay, this is what I hear. But so these guys, all three of these guys were distinct, right? Um, Rowan and Doug and Tracy. Is it? Is the thing that kind of makes them different too? Is it just their style of playing, or their pedals, or their guitars, or is it all three or something? Because I think like... it's their. I don't think it's their guitar. I think it's their tone, and their style as far as when they are able to let go. As far as the songs themselves, the riffs. I think you're yeah. when you're join a band like Dio you have a window that you can kind of do like it has to sound like Dio. Yeah. So none of them for me is just like, wow, he really broke new ground with Dio. All of them (laughs) kind of, you know, these songs could be interchangeable. And and some of these songs from killing the dragon could be on lock up the wolves. If Rowan was playing it, Yeah. you know, they could be interchangeable in that sense because Dio has a thing, but it's when they're able to solo or add their little flair to it. Yeah that's where their style really comes out. And, uh, and that may be a, a part of the Tracy G thing too. I feel like sometimes it's easy to say, well, I don't care for it. It easily could have been that Mike Frazier was like, Hey man, play something really dissonant and weird. Uh, so you kind of, uh, or, or deal was like, I really want to shoot for something completely different. So use your whammy bar and go, <laughs> you know, I, and for me, it just doesn't work. So it, it might not even be him as a player. It's just what he was doing in the studio he may have been 
when you're in a band like that, Dio's the boss. So if Dio goes, hey, stay away from the traditional stuff. We really want to go outside of the box here. So be weird. So <laughs> so that may have been a Dio call. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so for me to say that I don't care, I don't care for his playing on that record just because it's so left field. But that might have been a Dio decision. I didn't know if maybe that's yeah. like something, something, some kind of sound they would get with a pedal versus like, but you're saying, no, it's I a think all of them tonally thing. are different, but that's also, you're talking over a time frame where I feel like Rowan sounds like a, a Marshall, much more like the early Dio stuff. Yeah. Kind of has this mid thing. Tracy G sounds more like a Mesa Boogie more more metal-like, and Doug has always had his... I mean, he's a Marshall guy, but he has this huge... His sound is like it envelops the whole fucking room. It's really <laughs> weird. I, I, he's one of them guys you like, how does he do that? Like, I, you know, you sit in front of your amp and fuck with it for like an hour and a half to try and figure out how... But as sometimes that's just in the hands. You know, it's huh. really weird how that... we You know, we were just joking about that the other day. Somebody made the remark, and it, it's come up a bunch of times and i don't know who started but bone tone it's the tone is in your fingers man it's just <laughs> bone it's it's the just... bones in your fingers so it's it's uh, just yeah, the spider fingers. yeah I, I don't know but I, I feel like that guy just plays a big e chord and it just the sound you hear every note it doesn't sound usually when it gets bassy it gets flubby and his is still tight but low and i, I can't I, yeah, he's an enigma for me because it's just like every time I've seen him, even on this song, like the I, I can't remember which song it was, but it's just like, man, the guitars aren't very distorted, but maybe it was push. Here's what I yeah, need to monster, do then. I put monster guitars and that's what it is. And it's just like, man, it just sounds huge. Here's what I need to do then. I know that Doug, I've seen him pop up on some podcasts or something. I should try to somehow like track him down and then just have you come on uh, Zoom anyways. Yeah. Not really do it as a podcast. Just ask him to do a podcast. But they're like, hey, like, how do you do your rig? Like, how do you? How do you do all <laughs> I'm just well, dude, I've watched so many videos yeah. on how he does his rig. So and he just changed amps. He just changed. He used modded marshals. Like there was guys right. that would mod. I think John Sir is the guy that would mod, mod his. So that might be why he sounds a little different because they're modded to sound yeah. a little different. But or he's used like, those same amps for years and he just changed to a new brand and i've watched some videos and it still sounds fucking huge and it's a different amp completely it's just like it's bone tone man it's in his fingers i can't it's just crazy but that's you hear those stories about you know like who was it i was listening to the dude from extreme nuno you know saying he got to play eddie's rig and he was just like oh i'm gonna sound like eddie and he didn't he sounded like himself you know it's just like <laughs> Dang it. You know, you think it's going to be different, but it is. It's in the hands. It's in even the same person playing the same guitars through the same rig. It's crazy how different it'll sound. And it's, it's, it's a weird, I, I can't, that's such a weird, it, it's, I don't know if it's a mental, if it's a hand. Um, Cause there was even, a, and I'm going to totally forget who it was now, but they were talking about playing through another person's rig. And when they played, it was, they were able to control it. And then when they tried it out, it was like, like feeding back, like making all <laughs> kinds of noise. So that other guy has his little tricks that he knows where exactly to hold the guitar yeah. or maybe not feedback, but just, yeah. 
Or didn't Freddie say mm-hmm. something like that too when we were talking with him about uh, King's X and Doug? He's like, I don't know if I could play that guy's bass like that or something. Or did he say oh, yeah. something like well, that yeah, too? Well, yeah, I think he plays 12-string basses yeah. and shit. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he's another one that he has that uh, that band in particular. I mean, we're getting off the rails here, but yeah. that band, that guitar player, Ty and Doug, they don't sound like anybody else man it's just like and they don't play it's not like they're playing weird gear or anything like that uh. they were at the beginning but you know there was always this mysterious weird solid state amp that ty played for years but it's like he hasn't used that like, he still uses it to record sometimes but i've seen him live and with completely different amps that aren't solid state that are tube that guy still sounds exactly the same it's like god dang bone yeah. tone it's all it's all that's what it is man <laughs> well thanks for Figured chatting with me about all this stuff i don't oh, care yeah, if we're man. going off the rails either because that's what i like I, I, I love dio so it's uh yeah. like i said i you know i say that and i sound like a horrible fan because i barely listen to anything past the first four records but i definitely will be listening to let's well, take that back locks after lock up the wolves is where i kind of shut down but yeah. now i have a new appreciation i definitely will that you know we'll listen to the other stuff Yeah, but I, I appreciate you uh, asking me to do this. Like I said, it brought me back to uh, listening to some of this stuff again. Yeah, dude. Again I soon, love man. chatting like I said, with you, Rat chat, man. Rat chat has yeah. to happen. We got to get three of us on here. Do the rat chat. Or I also want to talk to you about Candlebox, too, because... Oh, shit. Um, yeah. You've thrown those guys on my radar. Uh, they put out something uh, back... Like two months ago, um, the Maverick. Yeah, their years, final record or something. That, oh, they yeah, 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 yeah. And it was three records on vinyl, and then there was an extra thing of demos or something. But yeah, I'm down to talk about that. Rat chat, candlebox, whatever, man. Yeah. I'm in. Um, even Alice and Change, your spirit animal. Oh, dude, yeah, that one we could we could go deep. I know, or do two I know. eras. I I do two episodes for that too. The original era. Oh, yeah. The new era. Yeah, I I love them both, so I'm cool with that, man. I wouldn't have to do any homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel weird too making other people take notes and do homework. So yeah, it would be good to not do one or something where you. No, I think I think there I think that's what you should do. You know, I didn't want to yeah. just go. I mean, if I would have just listened to Strange Highways two or three times, I would have been only about two or three more times than the two or three more times I listened to it previously. <laughs> so that's hard to really even remember the songs. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to get some dinner and uh, cool. Same here. I know you're going to hang out with your wife too, right? You've been doing that, like you said. Yeah. In the trying evening, to. So. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to. So got uh, it's a, we're rehearsing Thursday and playing Friday because. Oh, yeah. You got so the uh, the Murfreesboro thing. Yeah. Right? Open back Pat Travers. Park. Yeah. Snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. opening for him. And then I think we got a couple more in December and then. Uh, then we'll have the rest of the holidays off. So awesome. it'll be good. Take a little break. So it's been a long year. So um, all right, <laughs> man. Well, it's good chatting with you again, dude. Yeah, man. It's always cool. Uh, thank you. Who cares what came 
Upon a time 